Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog, Brian Olson here. You know, an important facet of being a leader and achieving success in business is recognizing when something is not in your wheelhouse and knowing when and what to delegate to someone that specializes in that skill. And that leads me to my guest today, who many have outsourced their copywriting and marketing to, as she is the number one expert in copywriting for entrepreneurs and the CEO of Financial Intelligent, and she is none other than Margot White. Now, Margot is a serial entrepreneur. Four years ago, she changed her business direction and went into copywriting, but not just copywriting. There are a lot of great copywriters out there, but no one teaches entrepreneurs how to do their homework, develop a strategy, customer avatar, narrow down the niche, create a unique approach in communication with their prospects and clients. Copywriters should not decide the fate and direction of the business. But then again, your two options were learn to copyright or outsource it. That was before she entered this market. Now, her portfolio includes companies like Lifehack.org, Microsoft, 4 over 4, AppSmart, Adobe, Heads Up Advisor, and others. Her core belief is that no matter how well-designed your funnel is, without a great copy, it's nothing but annoying. You don't have to spend time writing copy all by yourself, but you need to communicate effectively with anyone you hire to do this job for you. Margo, welcome to the show. Brian, after that introduction, I just have to make this episode epic with you. <laughs> I love it. Let's do just that. I, I have a feeling it will be. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. You know, I, a great copywriter is hard to find. So I'm glad I stumbled upon you, not just for this episode, for my business as well. You know, a good copywriter is worth their weight in gold. But before we begin, you know, I hear that you love horses, right? You actually own them. Oh, my God. What got you into your passion for horses? Oh, first of all, it's really a passion. Everyone who's a rider will, you know, know that's true. It's like part of your life. Uh, you've probably watched that video of mine, right, on my website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where I'm riding. Well, the fact is, uh, it's, you know, it gets lots of things off your head. That's one. And the second is, I'm kind of an old school girl. So I love this horse riding, uh, the fireplace, uh, candles and all the stuff, a glass of good wine, of course, if you know what I mean. Wow. So uh, it all just supports the writing process. And, uh, you know, when, when you're close to the nature, when you're away from the computer, as weird as that might hurt you know, seem, but this is exactly where uh, the true inspiration comes when you're sitting with your notepad uh, and just, you know, thoughts come to your head. I love it. Fantastic. It's when the creative uh, juices start to flow. Now, mm -hmm. Margo, I, I hear an accent, uh, you know, of course, maybe I have an accent to you as well, but where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm from, uh, from the U.S., but I've been living in Russia for like five years. And I, I have this weird thing when I'm speaking Russian. I also speak Japanese, but when, uh -huh. I, when I'm sp spending the day speaking Russian, I have this Russian accent. When I'm uh, having all those interviews and all the stuff, and I go back to my friends and they think that uh, I'm, you know, all the cocky and stuff with this English accent. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I'm never pleasing anyone. So guys, everyone listening to me, I'm sorry, but this is just consequences of living in another country. It is what it rubs off a little bit, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I know that you started your career in the world of investment and finance, right? Back in 2007. How did you find yourself getting into the world of copywriting and advertising? How did that transition happen? 
Well, actually, it didn't happen. I, I used to write all the time. And when I was managing companies, I figured that writing took most of my time. Uh, and it was the most effective thing that I've done as, as a leader in any company. So it was kind of one-time job, one-time strategy, one-time presentation. But it could you know, bring outcome for years. I can tell you that I'm not as good of a manager as it might seem. I think... I think that I suck in it, but I do know how to create the strategy and lead the company into the right direction and even find the right words with people to inspire them and move them forward. And I've done lots of things subconsciously. And one of the reasons why actually I succeeded in this business is I always ask questions. I'm trying to dive deeper. I'm trying to be empathic and understand the second person that I'm talking to really just get walk into their shoes. And that actually brought me, you know, to all this copywriting stuff. I just figured that this is, you know, my favorite thing to do. And I'm sure that lots of people come to this sooner or later. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's make or break for your core messaging when you go to market with a new, any new business idea. Now, I know the three core elements of your copywriting strategy is mm-hmm. your history and purpose, your personal identity feature, and your ideal customer avatar. Would love for you to explain what a customer avatar is. Oh, I love this question. I could talk about customer avatar for weeks, I swear, and we could never finish this episode. So <laughs> uh, your customer avatar is your ideal client that is, uh, you know, um, that brings together all the features of your audience. But that's just one person with a specific age, with a specific thoughts, with the specific features. If you go... Uh, you know, Google the customer avatar, you will get kind of a list of things you need to fill in that include the age, probably the name, you have to name him or her. Uh, And all the features like, do they drive a car? Are they university graduates? And so on and so forth. But the thing is, none of that matters if you're not selling physical products. So we're living in a world where the person can afford your product, but they will not own a house or a car. And that information will not give you anything if you're sitting and writing for your prospect, if you're in B2B business, if you're not, you know, uh, selling insurance or car insurance or anything else. Well, there, yeah, you 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 need to know that the person actually has that. But so... In, in the B2B and the service world, you basically don't care about that. But what you care about is the thoughts that these people have. And the question we're going to answer today is how to get to your customer avatar's thoughts. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And how do you do it? That's what's the interesting part of it. I know that you mm-hmm. are an expert at this, but you know, some people, they take many, many moons just trying to define it, to accomplish it, you know, to figure out what they are, how to reach them. What do you think is a, is a good first step? Well, the good first step is to do everything on your own. You as entrepreneur, as the owner of the company should not outsource the research to any other person in the world, no matter how good they are at this. 
your customer avatar, and I'm a true believer in that, is, is not someone that you find. It's someone that you define. And the because the audience that, you know, you're trying to find among for, for your business is already there. We all attract like-minded people. You want it or not, Ryan, even like-minded people are listening to your show because there will be some people who do not like your tone, do not like the fact that, yeah, I don't know, you're, uh, you like coffee or something like that, you know? But there are lots of people who are like-minded and we all find your show amazing so the thing is even before you started it before you started your business your customer avatars were there so and they came from you because of the person you are and the same happens to every business so uh, when defining customer avatar i always sit and i consult my clients on themselves I ask them questions, and these are very, very uncomfortable questions. Like, what are your beliefs about your life? What are your beliefs about the industry you're in? These are just a couple of ones, but you should sit down as an entrepreneur and ask yourself, you know, make a list of uncomfortable questions, whatever they might be about your personality, and you need to answer that about yourself. Well, that's not all. <laughs> hmm. uh, that's not all. When you will answer that and figure out who you are, why you opened this business really, and we're not talking about your audience right now. We're just talking about you. Now, the second step is very interesting. I, I bet that many of you just will you know, hear that for the first time because no one has developed this structure before. I ask people to define their anti-avatar, not the avatar themselves, but the people that they would never work with, even if they could afford their product. How interesting in that is that? Brian, could you define the person you would never work with, even if they would pay you and could afford, could afford your product? Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe a, a narrow-minded individual, someone who doesn't think big, someone who is, is very, very emotionally needy, who is, is a time sucker and waster. I don't know, that's, maybe that's very broad, right? But <laughs> those are the type you of people that make life very further. difficult for me. Yeah, you could go further than that. Define, like, what would they say to you, for example, right? Not right now, but, you know, in general. Right. Be as specific as possible with a person you don't want to work with. Do you like uh, comic books? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, good. So uh, we have those heroes and, you know, their enemies, right? And the enemies like Batman and Joker, for example. So uh, the enemies often define the heroes and what they have a lack of, right? So this is the same thing with avatar and anti-avatar. Absolutely. Because once you have your picture and the picture of the person you never want to work with, and you would literally say no, even if, you know, that would damage your financial situation. In this case, your customer avatar starts shaping because if you don't want people in your business who are short-minded, for example, you want people who are creative, right? 
You want people who, and you start doing the opposite of your anti-avatar and, you know, that, and include your personal qualities from, from your list. And that's how your customer avatar is defined. Now, the reason we do that is if you're in B2B business or service-based business, in other words, you're, you know, building your personal brand and trying to sell through that, you will find it very difficult to sell to the audience that does not match you and does not match the profile that I just described. Now, of course, you will sell some percentage, but you will not be able to develop your business and move further with that. Yeah, no, I love it. That's fantastic. Now, when somebody actually identifies their customer avatar and they, they actually know what that is, right? And they've mm-hmm. done their research, when's the right time to outsource copy to someone like yourself? Is it when they're in the lead gen phase, when they're at a marketing branding phase, maybe they need a presentation drafted up? When, when is the right time to utilize the services of a great copywriter like yourself? I would say when you have the customer avatar, um, the content strategy and your business defined, and you have this one file up to 10 pages, as I create with my clients, usually you can outsource copy immediately. Because if you will not be able to outsource that immediately, you will not be able to do that when your business grows. And we're living in an age where content um, is very important. You need to have lots of that. Yeah, um, no, content's king, right? I mean, it's, it's everything. And I know you talk about content DNA. I love that term. What does that mean to you if you were to explain that to our listeners, uh, that people are interested in? You're reaching out to a copywriter. What is content DNA? Content DNA is something that includes your customer avatar, your business, and your content strategy. And this is not, uh, you know, not something your competitors can copy. Not something you can copy from your competitors because it, you know, includes your element in that. And this is the beauty of the whole content DNA. Now, we didn't talk about the third part of this content DNA, which is content strategy. Some people think it's just putting together some, you know, um, some schedule of the posts and et cetera, et cetera. That's not in my case. I mean, maybe true for some other people, but what I mean in content strategy is creating the content that has a past and the future. So being consistent in your message is one of the very important sources, you know, of this content DNA. Because you need to have that unique and exclusive message, the structure. Like, for example, how do you say hello to your readers? How do you say goodbye to them? Just create something unique so that people, when they just read the first sentence, they would know that it's from you without even looking at your profile, you know, avatar or something. Uh, I mean, in this case, uh, on social media. Create something that is only yours. Create the list of the words that you will use often in your content. I mean, Tony Robbins, for example, he's God in this, I swear. If you will sign up for Tony's newsletter, you don't need to open it to know it's Tony. Even, you Mm -hmm. know, he has created a great content strategy and he has a very strict list of the words that you will be able 
to use in, you know, uh, I mean, his copywriter is able to use in his copy and in emails and everything, everything around that. And so when you change that copywriters and you give them that structure, your reader will not understand that actually another person is writing that. You see? Yes. So this is the whole purpose because this content structure gives you an ability to hire several copywriters and to fire several copywriters without the damage to your copy. You can literally go to, I don't know, Fiverr, hire someone, give him a list, and this will be some, like something that you wrote by yourself, if the copywriter is decent, of course. That is so important, Margo. And it's it's very difficult. I know you bring up a great point. There's sometimes a disconnect with someone and the vision of their business and the story they want to tell. And then, of course, the copywriter. And when they give direction to that copywriter, something comes back and there's a, there's a disconnect where the client is is not happy with the end result. How do, how do you avoid that situation? Is that unavoidable or can that be avoided? Well, you know, um, that depends on the situation. But I would say that well, with me, there are like 100% people who are happy unless they are. I'm just giving them their money back. I have like six months waiting list for my clients. I don't have a shortage on money. But the thing is, when you are unhappy with your copy, just blame yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because, you because if you don't have an, you know, the criteria defined and written, then don't blame the copywriter. He didn't understand whatever you were talking to him over the Zoom call because you need to have everything written with your contractors, with your employees. And this is a one-time job. It's not that you're doing that like every week or even every month. You're doing that customer avatar content strategy and you defining your business job only once maybe in years spare two days of your time i'm now talking not to not just to you but to entrepreneurs listening to this show because just spare two days sit down calmly in your armchair and make that list and you will save hours and hours of your time with those freelancers and with the job that needs to be you know redone and uh, the copy that will not drive action yeah no absolutely now what do you think as far as the clients you work with margo i know you have many of them what have they been struggling with the most when they came to you what was the greatest issue they were dealing with oh we need to define like uh you know, large clients via, via small clients because the issues are really diff different. Um, let's start with, you know, small clients, like small to medium, right? Sure. The biggest struggle is finding uh, the message and the thoughts that, you know, t that make people stop scrolling and start reading their message. And because they all sound all so similar, I swear, I, I, I just stopped taking those clients lately because every time the new client comes to me, they show their previous content. And I'm like, if it's a coach, they try to be like Tony Robbins. If it's, uh -huh. <laughs> it's every single time, uh, if it's uh, 
as some, I don't know, consultant or someone like uh, like that, they're trying to, again, uh, copy some very, very famous guy and they're sending me examples and their content. I want to tell everyone that, you know, y- you might l- actually lose the audience trying to be someone else. You can lose your business because you can, if you're a coach, don't try to copy Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins has his minuses and also his pluses. You will not be able to compete with 20 plus years or 40 plus years of experience he has and this connection he established with his audience. But guess what? I can tell you, you can become much better coach than Tony Robbins because he doesn't care about a single client of his, even paying him two to five to 10, 20,000 of dollars, you know, per year. But you can get that client just by, by telling them and sharing a different message. Like I'm going to be there for you personally. I'm going to walk you through this path and be very specific to your needs, right? And I'm going to be there for you when you need me. So this is exactly what uh, happens on the market usually among small and medium companies. They try to compete with the giants and that's why, where they fail. <laughs> so my right. question is, why would you do that when you have, as a, as a small company, you have a much more benefit of personal experience than ever, any giant you know? No, no, absolutely. People are followers, right? I mean, I guess uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? And everybody <laughs> wants, they don't want to conform. They don't want to trailblaze or you know, they really don't want to innovate, which is which is very, very interesting. Now, I know people mostly do business with you when they understand you, not when they understand you, but when they actually feel understood. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to understand that and accomplish that? Well, probably because all they're thinking about is themselves and most of the companies you can see out there, Brian, on you, on your newsfeed every morning are narcissistic companies. They don't care about their prospects. They don't care about their audience. They only care to share their message and they don't ask themselves a simple, simplest questions. Like first, does my prospect go online every morning to read my message why would he or she care for that and um, without meeting them without understanding them how can i revolutionize their lives you know just imagine you're entering a party where you don't know a person and people come to you and after saying hi without asking who you are or what you do or you know, sharing some common thoughts that you too might have and common interests, they go like, I'm going to change your life, Brian. Before I came into my into your life, you you were not living right. What would you say to that person? What would I say to them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that depends who they are, but yeah, it's like, how would you know that, right? Um, yeah, I mean, any person... Any person, because they don't know you, how are they going to change your life and know that that change will be for the best for you? I don't think so, right? Right. No, absolutely. So so the point is, why do people think that they can do that in content? Yeah, (laughs) it's a good point. 
So uh, the biggest thing that people are, you know, uh, companies are doing nowadays, they they should actually stop talking about themselves and realize one thing that we are all as as human beings we love homeostasis which is a state of stability okay simply put and the point of our lives is evolutionary we're not made for change and when you're coming in with your product or your service even if that change is just change of a broker for example using the same product but change of a broker or you know whoever that might be you need you need to understand as a company that we are not naturally ready for that as your prospects so what you need to do is just give them every one of their thoughts saying that okay I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this, 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 and this, and you're right. And that is exactly the moment when they stop scrolling because people love when, you know, someone is talking about them, even, even through post. So they stop scrolling, they start listening, they understand what you're saying, and in your message, you should mention, okay, I know what you're thinking. It's this, 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 and this, and you're right. But you're wrong in this one small aspect. And that is how it's done through content. That is how the transformation is done. And whether it's one post or series of posts that you're going, you know, to transition your prospect from the state they are, are right now and to the state when they're buying your product. But the whole idea is this. You're giving them their thoughts first and not yours. Yes, no, absolutely. And you know, I love it goes into your tagline, right? I mean, old school copywriting from mm -hmm. the times when every word made sense. And if you really understand your customer avatar, you understand what's going to make sense to that customer profile and you're not wasting any emotion. Do you think a lot of content copywriters struggle with the fact where they want where they think more is better instead of less is more, where it's very pointed and very methodical in their approach instead of the just to throw the spaghetti in the wall? What do you think? Well, I think that um, actually that tagline did not mean that you should just write less of content. It's just you should think about every word you're writing and putting out there. Why I love old school copywriting? Because back then, if you wanted to publish every word in the newspaper, you would pay for every word, a bunch of money. And that's why people were thinking about it before putting it out there. Now you can send emails for free every single day. You can put the posts out there unless you're promoting them. It's free on social media. And so people stopped caring and companies stopped caring what they're putting out there thinking that, okay, if that doesn't work for my readers, that's fine. The next one will work well. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way because you cannot create the bounding experience with, your, with a company that is issuing mixed messages all the time. Companies need to be consistent in their messages. They need to think about the time that their prospects spend reading that. Because tell me if I'm wrong, Brian, when you're reading some post online, don't you feel like you're investing your time that you could have invested in reading something else and if they're not giving you what, what you want, some, some goods, I don't know, you feel like you're just being rubbed. 
<laughs> That's true. No, it's, it, I'll tell you, it's, it's the, we live in a snack society versus the full meal back in the day. You know, you read the full article. Sometimes the headline tells you everything you need to know. And if it's either relevant to me, I'll read it. Or if it's not relevant, but it's very enticing and high impact, then I absolutely will read it as well. And I think like you, you mentioned in one of your posts, which I love it, you know, contents like couture, right? If it doesn't fit perfectly, yeah. it's a disaster. So what I meant by the old school copywriting, it has to be relevant to your audience, right? It speaks to your credit for the audience avatar, but also high impact. You know, if I see a very long piece and it doesn't grab me right away, I'm apt to move on, or I won't even read it to begin with. It's just, it's very intimidating to, to see this huge amount of words and copy when, it, when it's not relevant to me. You know, the point can't be made all the way down the page. So I think it's a, it's a great approach. And it's, I'm glad that you're taking it back to the old school because it worked then. Why wouldn't it work today? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it it would work better than anything else today. But yeah, I mean, people, uh, companies just should think of their content as if they're paying for each and every word they're issuing. You would think about it if, you, if, if that was the case. So they should take care of their prospects and their readers uh, and take care of their time. Of course, it's not, you know, that the, the thing that every piece of content should please everyone, but it should be purposeful. You should actually read that and ask yourself, okay, if my prospect starts their day with that, what will it change for better? You know, not just talking about yourself and your brilliant product all the time, but include something like motivation, for example. Include telling people that it's going to be all right, not related to their to your product. So basically, it's just what we started with is walk in your prospects' shoes and start start treating them as just you know people who can buy your product. Treat them as humans. Yeah, okay, they might read your uh, you know content online from the screen of their phones or computers, but it's humans who are reading that. And you you can't even imagine how many companies forget about that. I just recently saw some some program that you should like with drag and drop uh I don't know some some program that does drag and drop content creation. I was like really you're going to drag and drop this. I understand the website thing, but content you can you can yeah, I mean probably to robots that that might have worked, but human mind is very complicated. You cannot drag and drop content. So the thing is, many, many companies forget that, you know, how, how complicated humans are and that they are reading that and not, not, not some machines. No, you're, you're absolutely correct, right? We live in a fast food society. It's, it's, we want it and we want it now, right? So yeah, those are all template-based, so good luck with that. But no, now mm -hmm. I know, Margo, you provide not only copywriting, but you also provide digital marketing. We'll love to know about the digital marketing side. What is what is your approach when it comes to marketing? Oh, uh, my approach is to spend as as you know little money as you can on actual promotion, and to use all the features and and benefits of content. Basically, it's creating sales funnels that are so complex that your prospect will never understand that they're going through this. And it's not just about email marketing. And I want to underline this issue. Guys, when you're creating sales funnels, consider everything in it, including social media posts, including uh, messages, 
like, you know, text messages and uh, Facebook Messenger and other features, including emails, of course, including whatever you share in your, even on your Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. So this everything should work as one. And in digital marketing, I just collect those pieces to make sure that the prospect goes from, again, the, the, the beginner point is giving them their thoughts and to their buying the product. It's a very complicated issue, but if you will think about sales funnel as a complex thing and not just email marketing and email sequence, you know, you will get to something <laughs> in your strategy. No, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. I love that. I love it. And I know that you're releasing a new book, Selling Wealth, right this November. Would love to learn more about the book and what inspired you to write it. Yeah, Selling Wealth will be about uh, selling financial products and high-ticket products because uh, it's totally different world. And I want people, I mean, I want to explain how how to leverage content on every step of the way, whether it's your negotiations or your, um, I don't know, um, just anything you write about your company. But the book that's coming out basically this May, June is Content DNA. And it will include everything that I can just put in this podcast. And of course, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to even if I wanted. So uh, that content DNA will be for entrepreneurs who would like to create that package that will serve their company for years and years. They will never have the question: What to write about? Who is their customer avatar? How to, you know, talk to their audience, and and so on and so forth. So it's it's a really good book. I wish that someone gave it to me ten years ago, and I had to write it by myself, to myself, and for me, <laughs> and and probably <laughs> for for the copywriters I'm working with. Actually, that that was the idea that started from the very beginning. I mean. I wrote it for, for the team of copywriters I'm working with so that they wouldn't understand what I'm doing. And yeah, it turned into a book. That's great. I can't wait to, to read it myself. Now, Margaret, I'll send you the copy. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Now, Margaret, it's been fantastic. I wish we could spend all day doing this because your accent is so pleasing to listen to. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> any last words of wisdom or any final thoughts you'd like to leave with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. Uh, don't outsource your content strategy. This is the only thing in the world you cannot outsource as an entrepreneur. That's one. The second is uh, your audience is there. You just need to define it because it comes from you. You just attract like-minded people. Don't try to sell to the audience that you have nothing in common with because you will find it very difficult unless you have a huge financing. And I'm talking about millions of dollars. And three, give your prospects every one of their thoughts before you give them yours because they don't, they don't care about you. They care about them. Every person cares about them themselves. So you need to start with their thoughts. And this is the first thing you need to define about your customer avatar and why you're actually doing that customer avatar thing so that you would understand what they're thinking about. And that's pretty much it. Your content will, if you do these three things, your content will change dramatically and you will realize how, how, how your conversion soared compared to 
all the previous actions and activities. So good luck with that. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, Margo, just one last question. It's just a personal question, just to get sure. you know you just a little bit better. So <laughs> you're going to be vacationing on a private island and you're going to stay there for the rest of your life. And you know, you're very happy. Now you can only bring one book, one movie, and one album. What would they be? Wow. Wowzy. Okay. My answers can be very, very unexpected. Uh, <laughs> one book is The Selfish Gin by Richard Dawkins, the greatest book I've ever read. And anyone who wants to learn more about human brain and evolution, they should read that. If the, or alternatively, Dr. David Buss, The Evolutionary Psychology, if the first one w- wouldn't be available. Uh, one movie you said, right? That's correct. Mm, not series, no, just movie. Ah, okay. Uh, the Avengers. Okay, <laughs> nice. First part. And what what else did you? And ask? the album. Oh, definitely Coldplay. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, Chris Martin. I was just watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was a guest star on there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh huh. Can I ask you to answer these questions? Well, I don't know. It, you know, it changes day by day, depending on. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, oh, I guess. Um, but I can answer that. To, well, today's answer would be. Yeah, sure. Uh, Go ahead. You know, A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. The oh, okay. movie would be um, The Game with Michael Douglas. Oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. And the album would be uh, Straight Shooter by Bad Company. Like you, you inspire me with the old school thing. So I'll go old school on that one. Uh, or it could be the Rolling Stones, uh, Let It Bleed. I don't know. But yeah, tomorrow the answer will be different. So that's, that's the beauty of this question. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Well, that's life. You see how how, how things change over days. Definitely. No, but absolutely. It, it was a great question. Thank you for asking. And thank you for answering. Yeah, no, absolutely. Anytime. And I'll tell you, Margaret, it's been wonderful. How do people get in touch with you? How do they connect with you? And how do they utilize your services? Well, uh, my my new website it was supposed to be launched a week ago. Probably in a couple of days it will be out. I don't know. Uh, does not not depend on me. Uh, it's rightwithwide.com. If you will go there, you will be able to download the content DNA mind map and sign up for my webinar and watch and learn all about content DNA in general. So it's right with white, right like writing things like a book or something or not like rights human rights so <laughs> beautiful no it's we'll a- include that in the notes for sure we'll, we'll <laughs> okay thank you yeah hey. go ahead and it's like all the freebies and all the stuff will be there so yeah margo it's been wonderful have a beautiful rest of the day and uh, you, hey brian. listen keep up the good work and uh, it's been a pleasure thank you brian so much it was a pleasure for me bye Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.